Healing into Consciousness Radio reveals a mystic's viewpoint on personal growth and transformation. Albert, a seasoned broadcaster, and Mata, internationally acclaimed master healer, teacher, and multi-award-winning author, explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature. They candidly talk about things most people shy away from, discussing our struggles with anger, jealousy, sex, insecurity, self-loathing, and fear of death. They discuss the meaning of awakening and what we need to do to transform our shadow and find the light of our true being. Through her compassionate guidance, Mata answers questions regarding your personal challenges with specific suggestions on how you too can heal into consciousness. And now, here are your hosts, Albert and Mata. Welcome and greetings to you from Albert and Mata on Healing Into Consciousness Radio, where from a modern-day mystic's point of view, we discuss everyday challenges and practical ways to transform them. We're here to help bring some clarity into our hectic modern life so you can find the peaceful strength of your inner being. My name is Albert, and I am joined by my co-host, the award-winning and best-selling author of In Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness, Eliza Mata Dalian. Mata is an internationally acclaimed master healer, spiritual guide, and the founder of the Evolutionary Dalian Method, which helps remove obstacles that cause fear, pain, and suffering, and empowers each individual to take their healing and personal transformation into their own hands. Mata is also the creator of the No Yes Active Meditation and the Transcending the Fear of Death and the Unknown Guided Visualization. She is currently in the process of publishing Healing into Consciousness with the Dalian Method, whose book and CD set will offer a master key to accelerate healing and transformation for a new humanity. And you can look for it in 2012. Today, I'm very happy to say we are continuing with our eight-week series on the greatest Buddha of this century. And I speak of Osho, of course, whose teachings defy categorization. They cover everything from the individual quest for meaning to the most urgent social and political issues facing society today. His books are not written, but are transcribed from audio and video recordings of extemporaneous talks given to international audiences over a period of some 35 years. Osho is most known for his revolutionary contribution to the science of inner transformation. He continues to inspire millions of people worldwide in their search to define a new approach to individual spirituality that is self-directed and responsive to the everyday challenges of contemporary life. Designed to first release the accumulated stresses of modern living, he devised a unique approach to meditation known as active meditations that acknowledges the accelerated pace of contemporary life. And on this series, Osho, the most rebellious and controversial mystic of all times, we are introducing some of Osho's latest books, and interviewing people who have been with him for a long time, as well as those who have recently discovered him. Today, of course, is show number four, and we have two guests this hour who are both continuing to paint the canvas, shall we say, of Osho's vision. Our first guest is the director of Osho International, and in our second half hour, our second guest will be 
Anil, who is part of the Osho International Presidium team and is involved in managing the digital, mobile, and social media initiatives on behalf of the Osho International Foundation. But first up, Klaus Stieg, otherwise known as uh, Promote, who since 1995 is the director of Osho International Publications, managing the worldwide publishing and licensing of Osho's books on behalf of the Osho International Foundation. I had the pleasure to meet Klaus in London, England, last year when Osho International was located in the UK. Today, we join Klaus from New York City, uh, the new location of the OIF. And uh, Klaus, welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello, Klaus. Hello, Pramod. Hello. Hi. We're really happy to have you here on the show, and uh, I'm sure that you have a lot to share, so we'll try to cover as much as we can in the short time that we have. And my question to start with for you would be, you started working at the Osho International in 1995, and I was wondering, how did you? how did it all begin for you, and how did you discover Osho? How did you come to Osho and what brought you to start working at the Osho International? It's probably a kind of a few parallel stories um, next to each other or on top of each other. Um, I found Osho actually, you know, through friends at the university in Germany and saw him first time in a, in a very small video clip uh, on German television and it was very impacting. I didn't even understand English and speak English at the time. Mm. Then I read some books, and you know my whole life turned upside down. At the time, in the in the early 80s, you know we had these big um, communities, especially in Germany, where you know Osho people lived and meditated together. And um, to to make our living, we had to you know be very creative, and we had businesses, and we published Osho's books in Germany, and we had discotheques and restaurants and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all kind of companies to, to make a normal living. My original mm-hmm. background was I was a teacher for handicapped kids, mm-hmm. and that was a very interesting area which I liked very much. But, you know, with Osho appearing in someone's life, usually everything goes in a different direction than what you thought mm-hmm. and where your life would be going. Mm-hmm. With books, I had, I had always a kind of a connection with books. And, you know, when I, when I ended up in 91 in Pune, I was already connected to the Rebel Publishing House, which Osho had created in 1987, and which was based in Cologne. And the publishing house was basically, you know, run and financed also by, you know, the Sanyas community. So mm-hmm. the editorial part was in India, the printing part was in Germany, because at the time nobody could produce quality books as Osho wanted uh, in India. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we worked with Bertelsmann, uh, today Random House, and we printed the most beautiful books, you know. Osho spoke one series of talks uh, after the other, sometimes two. He spoke in the morning and in the evening. So about three months after a series of talks was completed, he wanted 5,000 hardbound copies in print. And to do that, I think, was an enormous task at the time. I remember that time, Pramod. I uh, actually happened to be working at the uh, Osho Publications when it just started. So and I remember, yeah, I remember how hectic it was. was you know? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And how everybody was, so many people were actually, you know, transcribing, editing, 
typesetting both in India and in Germany. So I think we did a really good job at that yes. time. Yes. And the work expanded after that. I mean, we had, um, you know, the, the whole focus of, of Osho's work was at the time in India, which was not a great place to distribute or to reach the international publishing scene. And for a while, Osho was very clear we would we would have to do the books on our by ourselves because mm -hmm. you know he was just too controversial. You know, earlier big publishing houses had returned his books, and you know, so there was an interim time where the Rebel Publishing House was the original publishing house for all of Osho's work. And the work expanded, and, you know, after Osho left his body, you know, we had to find new ways, you know, to reach out into the international market to, to you know, make his wish to make him available around the world uh, come true. Mm -hmm. If I can ask a question, uh, Klaus, I guess most of the work um, is, is taking a lot of stuff or record that is on analog you know, and, and transferring it over to the digital world. Uh, is that pretty difficult? Mm, it's enormous, you know. I mean, the the work of one person speaking for 35 years like Osho is so huge that even, you know, with all these teams and people and enthusiasm, we are 20 years after his departure and still a lot of stuff is in the middle of the work we had, in 94, we had the first digital database of all his words spoken in English. We had tapes of 6,500 of his talks uh, recorded on spools, on tapes, on all kinds of different media formats. We had a video archive which had, due to the history of the development of video, eight different video formats. So since then, we have digitized the complete uh, audio archive of six and a half thousand talks. We have digitized the complete video archive on uh, special tapes, and we are in the process now to actually turn them into bits and bytes. Some wow. of the material is already out on the Internet, uh, much more to come. And mm -hmm. the, the electronic database, for example, we have a huge project running where hundreds of people around the world listen again to these talks and compare them with the transcripts from the 70s and the 80s to find mistakes, to find kind of sloppiness in transcription, which were done under the big time pressure, and upgrade everything to the real best, best quality we can provide, you know. Mm, that, that's, a, that's a tremendous work, and I think Osho is probably a very fortunate Buddha because all his words uh, will stay intact in their original form thanks to the work that uh, you guys are doing and we'll talk more about that right after we come back from the break and maybe expand on the publishers that are taking on Osho's work now and how it is actually expanding and how many languages it's being translated to and uh, I'm sure you're the best person that can give us all those statistics. So we'll be right back after this short break.
Okay, you're listening to Healing Into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. We are in conversation with uh, the director of Osho International Publications, Klaus Stieg, uh, otherwise known as Promode. And Mata, you had a question for uh, Promode, didn't you? Well, I'd like to uh, to continue on the conversation we're having with regards to publications and um, what kind of publishers are now publishing Osho's books because I know that there are many who are very eager, as a matter of fact, now to publish his books. And it's such a humongous body of work. And like uh, you were saying, Pramod, it even to this day, many books are still being processed probably they're not all published yet and i know that some of the hindi discourses are still being in a process of translation from hindi to english and they're probably also waiting in line to be published so if you can maybe take us to see the broader picture to what's exactly happening in the publication world with osha's books we have basically two tracks. One is the track you, you just mentioned, you know, an internal track of, you know, preparing the material, translating original Hindi works, you know, from the 60s and 70s. And then we have the, the outgoing part, the publishing world, which started in, in 75 when the first books by Osho reached to Western publishers and, you know, carefully started, for example, the, you know, a publishing house in California started with the Book of Secrets, the, the first volume, which Osho had just spoken at the time. And I remember in 1990, when, when Osho left his body, we, we signed probably you know, 22 international publishing contracts with a few small Osho publishers, you know, very enthusiastic people around the world. And then in 95 in, and later, we expanded really dramatically to very big publishing houses who came together with us and we had we met almost everywhere very interesting people who looked at us and looked at Osho's books and you know developed real concepts and, and publishing imprints with us. St. Martin's Press in New York is one of these houses with, you know, about forty books in, in under contract and in print. The same we have in Germany with Random House, with Ulstein. We have in almost every language in Italy um, Bompiani Mondadori, Random House Mondadori in Spain. Everywhere, Osho is now with the biggest publishing houses and with a lot of smaller and mid-sized houses because the body of work is simply so big. We have so many different books for different people with different doors, all leading to the basic message of Osho about meditation and discovering yourself. So how many books are, are in, uh, ha- have been published in foreign uh, languages, for, for example? I mean, even to to look at the number, you know, when you look at, you know, we have many books now, individual titles, which are now published in 27, 28, 30 languages. We have all together, we cover 60 languages now. Mm -hmm. Osho's work are translated in 60 languages. And we have probably 2,000 titles in print. We licensed through the last five years almost 300 to 400 contracts per year. That means almost every day there is a new Osho book coming out in one language on this That's planet. huge. Mm-hmm. It's really huge. And print runs are getting very big. You know, we reach with Osho bestseller lists in many countries. Um, and how many, how many books would you say would be in circulation um, in, in all the languages? Oh, I mean, you can calculate. We do, you know, since about 
10 years, we do about 2 million books per year, you know, all together in all the languages. And I don't know from the early years, you know, but, you know, mm-hmm. a few double-digit million numbers are in print. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we hear from publishers is that, you know, books by Osho have a long, long life. They get reprinted. Osho is at St. Martin's Press, one of the authors with the most reprint cycles. Um, while normal books go, you know, except some bestsellers, very quickly out of print. Osho's books are, some of them, the Book of Secrets, is in print now since more than 30 years, without hip, you know. They're enormously good backlist titles. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while you know, publishing people know this, the big problem for publishers is the return from stores when books don't sell. And with Osho, we have almost, uh, you know, we are at 1% or 2% of return which is the lowest level in, in publishing. So, you know, the books are wow. very popular. And the, you know, the, the normal development of, of publishing has its ups and downs with, I mean, you know, paper is costly. Osho's books are very big. The new era of, of e-publishing and electronic publishing is for us the huge big door to make many, many of these works available now in formats because we don't have to worry about page numbers. Um, digital files, you know, can contain 20, 30, 40 talks by Osho, which he, you know, piled up to a series of talks and which were published originally as a book. In the digital era now, we can do this in a much easier way. All of Osho's works are already on a, in, a, in the Osho library on our website in a, in a searchable database. So everything what has been published so far is already available online and is coming out now as e-books and of course the print run of physical books continues throughout the world. And that's available at Osho.com? At Osho.com at the foundation's website you can look for the Osho library and you will find all the works in digital format there in a searchable way. Um, you can look at any distribution system wherever you are, you know, it's, if it's Amazon or Barnes & Noble, all the big systems online. Uh, have huge numbers of his books available. You can go to any bookstore today. You will find usually a shelf with one or two meters of Osho books everywhere. So that's wonderful. With the digital age, then you can you can output the entire book without needing to to uh, make a smaller format for for print books. Yes, and mm-hmm. Osho saw this coming. I mean, we have recordings from the. 60s and 70s, where he, where he for the first time mentions and describes what we know today as the Internet and describes, you know, small computers which you can put in your pocket and hold in your hand, which will contain all the libraries of the world. And, uh, you know, we are almost there, exactly what he described. Mm-hmm. So in what way do you think people can benefit from reading Osho's books and listening to his talks and videos? What I know for myself and what I know from people, when you take for the first time an Osho book on your hand, it is a different experience than what you know from books because suddenly here is something like existence. I don't want to talk, call it Osho only. It's something is talking to you, to you personally. And all the people I know around Osho have been touched from this experience so deeply and it, it makes a change. You suddenly see the world different. And mm-hmm. whatever book it is, what attracts you personally most, whatever subject or series or whatever issue it is, whatever question you have, they're all pointing to the same point. 
and that's back to you and to find yourself and to to look inside instead of outside mm -hmm. and everything what we get trained for in our life if it's the school or with the parents is always to look outside as a publisher who is always on the you know it's your endeavor to get the contracts and to get uh, Osho's word out there um, using various other publishers. And I'm just wondering, today, do you still have to deal with the controversy that Osho made in some of his statements yes. and some of his discourses? Yes. yes. We had recently, we had a story with a very big publishing house and basically signed a contract for a book and, you know, the book went into translation and short before the release, somebody came back with you know, an outrage about some statements. And they tried really, literally, to censor the book from bottom to top by highlighting passages, wordings, sentences, paragraphs, which they wanted us to take out. Wow. The same like 25 or 30 years ago. No difference, you know. He mm -hmm. pushes the same buttons at the same time as at the time, and, you know, you have people who have an understanding, but you have as well the other extreme. And Osho was always clear that there is almost nothing in the middle, you know. Either you like him or you hate him. Is there a concern about Osho being whitewashed, in a sense? What does that mean, Osho being Well, uh, kind of like watered down, because he's so controversial. Uh, some of his statements are so charged. If you don't understand what his purpose is and where he's coming from... The immediate is to is to get a reaction and go. How can he say that? Like, where is he coming yeah. from? And you know, the you you have in in different publishing houses, you have different people. So we had recently, for example, we had someone in Spain, you know, a publishing house, who said, "Look, actually, we would like you to offer us some more of the stronger and maybe controversial material about Osho, because we feel that the time is ripe for people to read this." And at the same time, you know, in another country, you had what I just told you about, where somebody wanted to censor him. Mm -hmm. So you have all levels of understanding and not understanding next to each other at the same time in different places. And, you know, we kind of try to maneuver, you know, our publishing operation in a way that we start with something which people can take, you know, the same way like Osho did, you know, at the beginning. And it's a process, and we try, in a way, to recreate that process which Osho took us through with the publishers and with the public, you know. So we publish today books from the early Puna One days where Osho talks about certain things, about Buddha and Jesus and Zarathustra and all these nice, strange guys. And then later, he um, there's a point where Osho said, actually, I don't have to talk about Jesus and Buddha anymore. I can actually talk to my people now because you have enough understanding. And then he becomes, you know, a very different master with a very different language. I don't think there's been anybody who has made these people come to life like Osho. And on that note, thank you, yeah. Klaus, for uh, being on Healing into Consciousness Radio and sharing all the initiatives and important work that is happening at Osho International. If you'd like some further information, you can, of course, go to the web, where Osho has a very, very strong presence, uh, osho.com, and you can check out modedallion.com and facebook.com. And, oh, I should mention, 
And this is sort of a, a nice tee-up for our next guest coming up. If you want a showcase of Osho Digital Initiatives, they can be viewed at facebook.com slash osho.international. And uh, you can become a fan of that. Thank you, Klaus. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me and for the time. Thank you, Klaus. Bye-bye. We'll be speaking with our second guest, the man behind the Osho newsletter, Anil Chadwani, coming up next after this short break. Welcome back to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mada. And we're joined now with Anil Chadwani, who is part of the Osho International Presidium team and is involved in managing the digital, mobile, and social media initiatives on behalf of the Osho International Foundation. His career involves several successful businesses or business ventures in the USA. He joined the OIF team in 2003 and is currently living at the Meditation Resort in Pune, India. And Anil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mada. Thank you, Albert. Yeah, good to have you. And we're looking forward to have some more details from about what's happening in the Osho world on the cyberspace. And before we start, I... I would like to ask you, how did you find out about Osho and how did you start working eventually at the Osho International doing what you're doing? My my love affair with Osho started many, many years ago. Actually, that was simply through a diary that was gifted to me. There was a little story on the opening page of this diary uh, where Osho was talking about godliness instead of God how God had created the world and was constantly disturbed by people. He couldn't rest for a moment. People would stop him and want this and want that. So he asked his assistant to create a little bit more private space for him. And churches and temples were created. And Osho explains that it was only a matter of days when people started coming, ringing the bells in the middle of the night, morning and evening. Again, the same demands, asking for this, asking for that. And then he asked his assistant, okay, one more chance. And then Osho explained that he started, he went and hid in the mountains, uh, or on the moon, actually. (laughs) And soon man landed on the moon. And then there was no chance for him to be in peace, and he just wanted to put everything to an end. So giving his assistant (laughs) the last chance, he said, okay, give me one more option, otherwise this is all over. And Osho says that since then, God actually divided himself into the number of people he created, and since then he's living peacefully inside everyone, because everyone is searching for him outside, and he lives within everyone. With that beautiful little story, you know, talking mm-hmm. about God rather than God, my love affair uh, with Osho started with that little story, and then many years later, I heard his audio tape in Hindi, and just absolutely, it, it just was like rain falling on dry quest. Uh, my quest and my questioning of everything was at the peak then. And there's a little story behind that, which is because I was born in a Hindu family. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went to Catholic schools because those were the best schools. On top of that, I was born in a city that's a Mecca of Muslims uh, in Ajmer. And so 
saying the prayer, Catholic prayers in the morning and listening to the Sufi Muslim music in the evening and then doing all the Indian festivals. So I had this base of three religions, but I had more questions than answers, you know. And listening to Osho, what happened was the questions disappeared, and that part I liked, you know, because every other religion that I had studied was giving me more and more questions. I had already started my studies for the Buddhism, you know, for the Buddhist religion. Then I was living in America, but um, listening to Osho, what happened was uh, there were no more questions. I Questions started to disappear, and I liked that. So that's mm-hmm. how my journey started with him. How old were you then, Anil? The first time I read the story, I was in my early 20s as a graduate engineer, and the first time I heard his audio tape, uh, I was uh, in my late 20s, 27, 28. So it's interesting. So he, he appealed to your inner intelligence, and that's what resonated with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. It seems to be like a, a thread going through each person who seems to appreciate uh, and find the light that Osha points to. So what happened then? How did you start doing what you're doing? I guess before before you ended up doing what you're doing at Osho International, you also had a busy career? Yes, yes, I, I, I did. What happened, Mata, was I was very fortunate that uh, at that time when I first heard Osho, the internet was at a very, very early stages, and I kept on wondering what happened to all the thousands of people, because I had read stories about him in newspapers as a young adult, and I couldn't connect or find anyone then in Los Angeles who was into Osho or any of the meditation centers or information centers, if you will. But I was very fortunate that at the time I had several business ventures in India that would bring me to India regularly, and the first chance I had... um, I found myself standing at this gateless gate in Pune, and I remember arriving here, and in less than two, two and a half hours, I was in the evening meeting and meditation. So, uh, you know, as I said, I was very lucky to be able to come to India, and then my passion for meditation, because I had the understanding of meditation from our mother, which was more around praying and chanting meditation, but listening to Osho's understanding of meditation, that meditation cannot be done. You have to create the space where it can happen. And here in Pune, there are many opportunities from 6 in the morning to 10 in the night. You know, there are 13 meditations that happen. And I would just come and be in the meditation hall where, you know, these 13 meditations were happening and I would want to experience. And it was a beautiful opportunity because nowhere in the world you can try different methods. There's usually one method and Osho's methods are so revolutionary because you can try them all and then continue and do what sticks with you, you know, as he says, get off on the station, whatever you like, you know, and then try that. So mm-hmm. for me, that was a great gift to be able to come and try all different meditations here and then just take with me what I wanted and practice that where I was living or wherever I was traveling. Mm, especially the Buddha field, isn't it? It's It's very powerful to be able to meditate in such a Buddha field that that a master creates. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to experience the silence matter with thousand people meditating together, uh, that experience itself is totally priceless. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so then you um, a- ended up starting to work and do the... Because I remember for the longest time there was no newsletter, as a matter of fact, and the Osho.com existed for many, many years. Uh, when obviously when the internet 
came into picture and the World Wide Web came into picture and and uh, but there were not really any newsletters that were happening. So I guess uh, you started the whole process with uh, with the Actually, newsletters. I I just came as a visitor here for several several years, Mada, before I got involved in the work. I remember back in 2002, I actually met some of the management team members uh, during our travels, and um, then I was invited to join the work because work is by invitation only. It is not that you can apply. I mean, you can definitely come and work here through the program called Work as Meditation. In my case, I was invited in to join the team, the management team, and. Uh, when I came in, you know, the first thing we did was uh, I was just amazed at how many thousand people have walked through the gates here, how many people have taken sannyas, you know. Uh, and uh, so we started the structures of database and keeping the information. And to my surprise, there were several thousand email addresses we had. And so we put together a little digital newsletter that we started sending out. And from there, all other initiatives. And now we have expanded this into every possible array. So, yes, it started with newsletters and then it kept on expanding. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I was there last visiting in uh, in 2000 and this is 10 years after Osha had left his body and only around then is where people were starting to actually gather emails and yes. it's it's amazing how in the West everybody's so eager to have email lists and mm-hmm. it, it's almost like a big deal. And obviously, this is this is the the easiest way to reach people. And the newsletters are starting to die out. And of course, everything's becoming mobile now. And that's why it's so important to be able to reach people through um, through emails. And so, so you seemed like you appeared at the right time. But I'm very very happy to hear that you first did your work. Because that's where then whatever you do becomes more meaningful. And yes, you're absolutely right, Mara. You know, I mean, um, because uh, I'm often reminded by my friends here and Osho constantly when you listen to him that Osho always said that my work is my people. It's not about the products. It's not about what you are doing. It is who is doing it and how you are doing it. So uh, with the understanding of meditation, that becomes deeper. And there are several courses, and there are several techniques that are uh, shared and taught here, which constantly remind you that uh, your journey is about you, not about producing a good-looking newsletter or another product. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. So the work becomes joy. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like work anymore. So, um, Albert, I think we're coming into a break. Right. We are in conversation with uh, Anil Chadwani, and... A showcase of Osho Digital Initiatives uh, can be viewed at Facebook.com. If you go to uh, Facebook.com and slash Osho.International, you can also uh, Google Osho if you like, but uh, the main URL is Osho.com. And if you'd like some further information on Mata's work, it's Matadalian.com. We'll be uh, back with more interesting conversation with Anil. I'd like to ask Anil uh, what his favorite part of the work that he does for Osho is when we return uh, after the short break here on Healing into Consciousness Radio. Thank you for listening. A new
to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. We are in conversation with Anil Chadwani, who is part of the Osho International Presidium team and is involved in managing all the digital, mobile, and social media initiatives on behalf of the Osho International Foundation. It seems like you have a lot of tentacles going all over the place, uh, Anil, and I was just wondering if you could perhaps explain the digital footprints that are out there in regards to the work of Osho. I will start with the newsletter since we started talking about it. So um, everything here in work of Osho happens in teams, and uh, I happen to be involved in many projects, and for each project we have a team. For example, newsletter, the audience here at the Osho Meditation Resort is, you know, from 110 different countries, and Osho books are now published in 60 plus languages. So with such a wide variety of audience and language, the biggest challenge we have is translating Osho's work uh, to make it available to the wider audience in different languages. So we create uh, the first product always in English, and then we have a huge team of volunteers around the world. And now with internet and emails, it's really easy to get the work done long distance. So our international newsletter, um, which has uh, three questions on emotions, body, and relating, the news, the key featured articles every month are Osho's answers on these three. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, he answered questions for 40 years. So we pick a question on emotions, relating, and and the body health uh, every month. Then there is a segment about what's happening here in the Osho Multiversity, which is the largest of its kind in the world, uh, what courses, what sessions are being offered here. And then we, we get into the new publications and everything digital after that. So, and then at the moment, I believe we are having English, uh, this newsletter is translated in 10 languages. Wow. From newsletter, we got into the next biggest thing for us was, of course, the social media, the same Facebook page. We were really not sure if Facebook page is really for our audience or we were interested, but this experiment just started a short two years ago, and uh, we were shocked the first day alone. We got several hundred fans, and then from there on, it's been just growing like fire. We are at the moment getting 1,000 new likes or fans, if you will, per day. The digital impression count of the Osho Facebook page is uh, way beyond the normal. Uh, we are on the VIP list with the Facebook people, so we get the stats. Osho, on a daily basis, just through Facebook alone, is touching close to 400,000 people just through this Facebook page, which is now translated again by volunteers through their individual contribution and efforts in uh, nine languages. There is a separate page for Osho's work. There's a separate page for the Osho International Meditation Resort. Again, uh, Anil, for our listeners, what is the official address of this? For Facebook, Osho Facebook pages, uh, facebook.com forward slash osho.international. And right. for the meditation resort page, it is osho.international.meditation.resort. So the full name just separated by the dots. So those Good. are two main pages. Good. Because there are a lot of Osho pages. Uh, basically, almost anybody, if you're a fan, could start up a, a page, a fan page. Uh, and there are yeah. a lot. Friends of Osho and uh, all sorts of different kind of uh, deviations of, of Osho's work and Osho's He's very image. popular, that's true. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, with Facebook, there is anyone, of course, can start the page. And uh, But if, if anyone will log in and you'll see that this Osho page has the maximum fans. At the moment, we have 315,000 fans. Now, I'll, t- I'll take you through some other very fun initiatives. We then, last year, Osho Zentero, which is a very, very popular deck. Actually, last year, it won an award, the People's Choice Awards, among, you know, 1,000 different tarot decks out there in the market. There was an online uh, sort of a People's Choice Award competition, and uh, Osho's Zentero deck won an award. So we were we were kind of curious to see if this will work as a mobile app with this madness going around the iPhone and iPad. So we created a nice little app, and uh, to our surprise, uh, it's a very popular app. It constantly flirts with being in the top 100 in the lifestyle section. So a high-definition version with all these beautiful paintings is available for iPad and um, we have it, uh, you can get it on, an, your, on your Android phones as well. And a couple of months ago we launched uh, the Discover the Buddha Within, uh, mm-hmm. a very, very short, sweet app where you can pick a card of the day and there are sutras from Dampada there and Osho's commentary and you can actually make these beautiful images of the Buddha as your screensaver. So that's a very small app uh, that we just launched, also very successful. Wow. I'd like to make that part of my lifestyle, just to pick a card every morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very good. And with the touch of a button, you can share the reading with your friends from the Zentero deck or the Osho Discover the Buddha deck. And uh, we notice people love just picking up a card and sharing that with friends or doing a mutual reading long distance with friends. So these are, you know, I mean, fun little projects and initiatives. Osho Twitter, to our surprise, uh, amazing. It's seated in 1,000 lists. We have close to 30,000 fans on Osho Twitter. And we got a lot of buzz recently. Lady Gaga ended up retweeting Osho quote on creativity after winning her award, and that went viral to 13 million of her fans. So uh, we keep on hearing such fun because his quotes and his message is so intelligent you know, like this quote by Lady Gaga was, creativity is the greatest rebellion in existence. So she quoted that as an Osho quote. And uh, so, you know, these are 140 character little jewels that people, mm, for me, these are short meditations. You know, you wake up, you get this little message, you can pause for a minute and just sense and feel this and try and live this if you can. Mm -hmm. And a little note from Osho. I've actually heard some people who came across Osho through the Zen Tarot card and just by reading his words were in in that little, you know, tarot, tarot deck were very touched and even had tears in their eyes. And how about the the YouTube project that you're also working on with uh, the Osho videos? Now, there's many, many. How many videos do you have on YouTube? Well, you know, Osho, it, see, the fun part, Marta, is that with 3,000 hours of talking English, over 2,000 hours of talk in Hindi. If you really, you know, he spoke for 40 years and with all the books and all the translations, the message is very simple. That if you just really go just a step deeper, Osho always talked about only one thing, which was meditation as medicine, medicine for the modern mind, you know. So, all the, so of course, there are tons of books and tons of videos, but behind every, you know, his message was very simple as... So we are we are being very selective in releasing his videos. Again, piracy is a big factor. So at the moment, uh, we have 
over 18 million views on YouTube for Osho videos. These are the short pieces. These are under 10 minutes. And uh, YouTube invited us for an initiative they are doing of pay-per-view. So there are about 25 full-length Osho videos available on YouTube for rental. So you can rent them for seven days, watch them as many times as you want. And YouTube videos are now translated by volunteers through our partnership with DotSub. DotSub is an engine that is behind. It's a very powerful engine for putting subtitles in various languages. So through our partnership with them, we launched OshoTalks.info, which is a site where people can register in a second and start translating. All the transcriptions are done to the second, so it's really easy for anyone to have, you know, I mean, jump in and translate two lines if they if they want to, or two hours of Osho Talks if they want to. And I believe over 2,000 videos have been translated and available in many, many languages with subtitles now. So YouTube made the world really small and and very accessible and connects people so beautifully. So you can sit and watch in your in your living room and, and uh, uh, get the wisdom, you know, without really going anywhere, just being here now, wherever you are. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great. So, sounds like uh, there's so much more to talk about and unfortunately, we're, we've come to the end of the time that we have here, but perhaps we can continue the conversation some other time as well because there sounds like uh, so much is going on and there, there's constantly something new coming up. So, we would love to um, have you back at some point and maybe discuss about the new projects that you have. Thank you. Thank you. That will be a pleasure, Amada. And thank you for giving me a chance to be on the show. Yeah, thank you for uh, for, for being here. And Albert, do uh, you have any last words? No, I just thank you, Anil, for uh, helping us be a part of this eight-week Osho series that we're, we're doing. And if you know we could spread the word. We're not necessarily trying to be missionaries in this, this process, but uh, as Klaus uh, reiterated, it's it's just giving people a choice that you know there there there's a certain point of view out here which is very refreshing and very germane and very apropos to uh, our modern times and if people could hear more of Osho, you know they could it's it's like an experience uh, this is the time time to wake it, up it's so a, anything absolutely it's a great yeah. chance to expand consciousness it's a great experiment as you rightly said you know so to break the boundaries of the conditioning and belief systems and just look beyond. And uh, I think that's all it is, you know. It's a great opportunity, a great experiment, and only through experimenting can you experience the new consciousness and the new fields. Yeah, and the urgency, it's so so much there. So it's absolutely a very, very meaningful time that we're all living in. Thank Mm -hmm. you again, Anil. This was our fourth show in our eight-week series on Osho, the most rebellious and controversial mystic of all times. To see all our upcoming guests and when they will be on the show, please visit the calendar of events at matadalian.com. And at the calendar of events, you'll also see that Mata has an eight-week Healing into Consciousness online course coming up that starts October 30th. Once again, on behalf of uh, Mata, this is Albert, and thank you for listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio. No ordinary man Holding out an ordinary hand With so much love So much love 
Love. An ordinary 